living for Him. But we can't do it by ourselves. We can't live by ourselves. And while the church is so much bigger than just our local assemblies and local congregations, the local assemblies are important. We have to realize that what goes on in this building actually matters outside this building. We need to understand that we are in this community not just because we decided that we want to try to get a gathering of people together, but God wanted a, a church, wanted a body in this area because people need the gospel and they need the church and they need the fellowship of the saints and, and they need a lighthouse in this dark world today. But a, a church is not going to make it unless they can stand together. And so song was perfect right before the lesson tonight. We're going to talk about unity. And so I was glad that the young people were staying in tonight because especially I wanted our young people to be able to hear this and receive this lesson tonight because there ain't nothing that the enemy loves better than to destroy a youth group.
that all that believed were together. I'm sure that a lot of times whenever you're, in, especially in an apostolic church, if somebody says turn to Acts 2, you automatically think 238 because that's our sign post. That's our banner. And it is the gospel. It's the gospel in action. We need to tell people they should repent and be baptized and be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's true. Uh, but the book of Acts Church is more than just one scripture. When we say we're a book of Acts Church, then we need to be the book of Acts Church. We don't need to be the verse of Acts Church. Uh, there's a lot of verse of Acts Church. And while uh, there's no doubt we need to be saved and we need to preach salvation, if we're going to be the effective book of Acts Church, if we're going to be the church that was born. The, there is no other blueprint and no greater blueprint that we will find in Acts chapter 2 for the church. Uh, because not only is the message of salvation being preached, but uh, the way the church carried themselves and behaved themselves and the way they acted uh, is all laid out for us uh, starting in Acts chapter 2. And when uh, we read this verse 44, we see that uh, not only were people being added to the church and they were being baptized and thousands of souls were coming, but as, as people began to come together, it says they continue. That means they're together. They're going somewhere together. Something's going to keep going. They continued in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. It says, And fear came upon every soul. Many signs and wonders were done by the apostles. There was a continuation of what had happened for that brief moment of time that we read about in verse 38 and 39 when Peter says, here's what you do. People stayed with what they heard. And people uh, stayed together with what they heard. And they fellowshiped in this doctrine. And it says, and all that believed were together and they had all things common. And I will say this to myself and to you all that are here today. We must all believe. There's no doubt about it. Yes. And I'm of a mindset that we must believe the truth. Yes. I don't think that you can believe just anything and go to heaven. Right. I don't think that you can just believe what you want to believe and go to heaven. And I don't say that because that's my opinion. I say that because the scripture tells us that uh, we need to believe uh, in the living God. Yes. That we need to look unto him all ends of the earth and be saved and that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. I, I understand what the truth is. And Jesus himself said, if you don't believe that I am he, uh, not just believe in me, he said, if you don't believe that I am he, if you don't believe who I say I am, you will die in your sins. So he said, all that believed, uh, they, had all, uh, they were together. And so uh, we must all believe and we must all be together. Yes. It's not enough for us to all believe the same doctrine and be divided. It's not enough for us to all know that the truth is Acts 2.38 and that repentance and baptism in Jesus' name is the truth of being born again so you can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Yes. But we have to be together or we will never, ever be an effective book of Acts church. We will never be the church that God wants us to be. We'll never reach the souls that need to be reached if we can't be together. We've got to have unity. And a church has got to have unity. We must uh, be together.
in a week from today, some people are going to be rejoicing and some people are going to be crying. Some people's going to be shouting hallelujah and some people's going to be fussing. But you know what's going to happen a week from uh, today? Uh, you know, a week from to, to yesterday, there'll be a vote. And then on Wednesday, you know what's going to happen? I'm coming to church. Yes. And I'm going to worship God. Yes. And I'm going to let the world be the world. And I'm yes. going to let God be God. And I'm going to serve the Lord. Right. Yes. I told somebody the other day, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to vote. And then I'm going to go deer hunting. I don't know, I'm, I'm going to vote and I'm going to go pray. I'm going to vote and I'm going to go do whatever pastors do. I'm going to go study, get ready for the weekend, and let whatever happens, happens because it's all in God's control. Yes. But what the world would love to do is use this one day out of this year to divide every single person in this country. And, friend, we cannot let that in to the church. That's why I tell you, there ain't no politicking going to be going on in here. Ain't nobody campaigning in this house. The only uh, purpose and only cause I'm supporting in this house is the kingdom work of heaven. It's the preaching of the gospel and it's the fellowship of the saints and it's the unity of the brethren. Because let me tell you, we got to baptize Democrats, we got to baptize Republicans and Independents and liberals. We got to we got to preach to every single one of them. And if you separate yourself by an agenda or a party, you'll never be effective for the kingdom of God. And you'll cut yourself off from fellowship with your brothers and sisters. Don't wear that stuff as a banner on your shoulder. The only banner you ought to be holding up is the blood-bought banner of Jesus Christ. The only banner you need today is the one that was laid out in, the, in this book of Acts. That they were all that believed were together and they had all things common. We must have unity. Let me tell you, in that day, the Lord said, I will pour out on my flesh, or of my spirit on all flesh. But those who will benefit from the outpouring of God's spirit are those that will unite under this God-given miracle. Oh, he's going to pour it out on all flesh. But there's a lot of people that have received the spirit and been born again, and they isolate themselves. They separate themselves. I'm not talking about they move off into a cave and become a hermit. I'm talking about sitting in the church. Yes. They cut themselves off from others. Yes. They're not, the Bible says to have friends, you must show yourself friendly. Right. Quit crying about not having friends when you don't never talk to nobody. Right. Quit, quit talking about not being included when you wouldn't come if they asked you to come. Right. I hear people all the time, nobody ever talks to me, nobody ever includes me. Who do you talk to? Right. Who do you reach out to? Let me tell you, this has got to go every way. This has got to go both ways. You know I love people. And you know that I'm not harsh and ugly and I'm not mean to nobody. But there's just some things that that blow my mind. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes people just need to get over themselves. They need to get over what they've been going through. And they just need to realize, look, i got a church that loves me. And then join in with us. Get in here and be a part of it. Because let me tell you, there ain't nothing goes on in this building that you're not invited to be a part of. You make your own mind up whether you are included. I get tired of hearing people say, oh, I didn't think there was no clicks in our church. The only one making the clicking noise you. You brought it up, you must be thinking about it. Let me tell you, everybody is not going to hang out with everybody after church. 
Introverts going to sit with introverts. Extroverts going to sit with extroverts. Some people don't like loud people. Some people love loud people. But we're all part of the same body. And I might not always like loud stuff. And I might not always like quiet stuff. But I can get along with anybody. And I can sit down with anybody. And I don't try to say, well, let me just find which group I got to go to. Because I know that there ain't a single soul in here that I wouldn't go to to pray for. And I hope that there ain't a single soul sitting in here that wouldn't come and pray for me if I asked you to. But you know what? We may never, ever go out to lunch together. It don't mean I don't love you. It's hard for me to get out of here on Sunday in time for lunch. That's why I'm always rushing that. Let's go. Church is over. Go. Talk at the restaurant. Talk in the parking lot. Let me shut this place down. We must be unified. We must have unity. You listen to me. This is your church. Be a part of it. We want you to be a part of it. I want you to be involved. I want you to love everybody. I want you to feel good. I want you to feel welcome. But you got to sometimes do something to feel welcome. You can't be a stone wall all the time. It might be hard. Maybe, well, I'm not good with people. Get over that. Learn to be good with people. Learn to shake hands with people. Learn to speak to them. Don't run out the door as soon as church is over and say, nobody ever talks to me at that church because you're gone. As soon as we say, let's all stand and pray, you're out of here. Hang around, fellowship, get involved, find out what you can do. Yes. Be a part of the book of Acts church. Yes. Believe and then have all things together. Have all things up. You've got to be together. Right. And all that believed were together. And it don't just mean geographically but in their hearts, they were knit together. It was Paul's desire for the church that the brethren, he said, the ones I know and the ones I haven't even met yet, he said, that they be knit together in love. Yes. I ain't even met them yet. He said, but I want every saint, even the ones I haven't met, because they're here and they're there and they're scattered all over the place, but I want them to be knit together yes. in love. Yes. But we're not scattered everywhere. And, friend, we've got to be unified. Yes. We... If people see us as a bunch of scrambled up, confused, bickering, backbiting, fighting, gossiping, lying bunch of people, why do you think they want to come to anybody's church like that? Because you know, I tell you one thing, ain't no miracles happening in a church like that. That's the truth. Listen to what he said. And all that believe were together. Oh, let me read. go back to 43. He said, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together. People that were unified. You see, the apostles, so he's talking about them. That's a little tight group. That's how it started. Jesus picked 12 men out, and they followed him, and in one mind and one accord with him. Yes. And then that 12 became 11 because Judas took himself out. But then they got one more back in there. But then there was another 108 or so that decided, hey, we'll join up with you and we're going to go to the upper room. We must have Acts 2 and 1. Let's back up and see how it starts. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Be in one accord, that word uh, accord means unanimous with one mind. 
Wasn't nobody uh, thinking. There was about 120 people, and all of them were in agreement as to what they were doing. They were unanimous about what was being done there. They were unanimous about what Jesus had said. And their tarrying at the word and command of Jesus showed that this command took precedence in their individual lives, that the mission took precedence over their individual lives, that it was more about the kingdom than it was about them. So they sat down in a room, about 120, all unanimous. Hey, I've got fields to tend. I've got family wondering where I'm at. But the mission is greater than my individual concerns. And when we come into this house and when we get born into this body, let me tell you, the mission and the command and the great commission takes precedence over our lives. It is God first. And, and we got to love God and we got to love our brethren. We got to love our neighbor as ourselves. It wasn't just for the 120. Because then about 3,000 more decide, hey, I'm going to grab a hold of this too. And so now at least 3,120 are all together. Yes. We're in this together. Yes. They're helping one another. They're selling stuff giving things out because they're wanting everybody to have what they need. And I can't give everybody what they need. I need somebody else to help give out what's needed. Sometimes God lays it on your heart to pray for somebody, to reach out to somebody, to call somebody and say, hey, how are you doing? See, God don't tell me every day when somebody's going through something. And sometimes most of the people don't tell me when they're going through something. (laughs) I get a lot of phone calls and say, hey, did you know so-and-so just had surgery? I had no idea. Yeah, they've been in there since yesterday. Wondering where you at. Well, how am I supposed to know? (laughs) Did they think that the the angel was just going to drop down in my bedroom in the middle of the night and say, oh, by the way, brother so-and-so just had surgery. We thought you'd want to go see him. (laughs) Oh, guess what? We're still human living in the real world. How about pick up the phone and say, hey, pastor, they fixed to cut me open. Why don't you come pray? Don't fuss at me if I didn't show up. I had no way of knowing. And don't automatically think that I saw your post on Facebook. Don't just assume, well, I put it on Facebook. Good. I took a break from Facebook that day. Call me. I'll be there. Let me know and I'll be there. But don't fuss at me. And don't fuss at nobody else. Well, nobody from the church even came. Did they know? We've got to be unified. We've got to be unanimous in one mind about what we're doing. The church was not just about baptizing people and seeing them filled with the Holy Ghost. It was more than that. Because it's no good to get people born again if they don't know how to act. Don't just get them born again full of the Spirit if they don't know what to do with it. Jesus had to work with his disciples. He said one time, he said, you don't even know what spirit you're of. You got the power, you got the authority. I told you what you could do and you want to burn people up. That's not why we're here. And we're not here to bite and devour and be separated in our own assembly. We have got to be together. And the church in this day and hour, when next week rolls around, guess what we got to do? We got to shine our light of unity more than ever before. If whoever you vote for on Tuesday don't win it, 
Don't come in here with your lip poked out and, and not able to worship God. God, hey, there ain't nothing about God in that. Just let that alone. If you're, it, I don't like bad, sore losers. I don't like bad winners. And if your candidate wins, don't come in here dancing around, showing out about it. That's fine. Be happy. Be glad. But you know what? There's other people that might not feel so good. That's the way you start a fight. That's where you cause division. People say, mm-hmm. That's how people start unfriending folks. And then people get mad. Oh, they unfriended me. So, listen. You know what? There's going to be people voting all kinds of ways next week. I got some of the best friends in my life going to vote one way. And I got some that's going to vote the other way. And it don't change the way I look at them at all. Because we're bigger than that vote. We're born again, blood-bought. We've been baptized into one body by one spirit. That's what matters to me. I don't care if you're an elephant or a donkey. It don't matter to me. I'm Holy Ghost filled. I ain't worried about the elephant and the donkey. We can't let this world dictate the unity of the church. The kingdom is greater than the world. The world's going to pass away, but the kingdom's going to stand forever. Work for what's going to stand forever. And so the church, it was at its most defining point on the day of Pentecost. Is this going to be just another miracle meeting? You know, everybody gets spiritual when revival comes. We have a special prayer meeting for revival. Everybody gets together because we want to see a good revival service. But every single time we come together should be like that. We ought to be praying for every Wednesday night service. We ought to be praying for every Monday night prayer meeting. We ought to be praying for every Sunday service. We ought to be doing uh, and not just trying to get work together when the special service comes. Because every service is special for somebody. It was a Wednesday night that was special for me that got me to the altar and got me baptized in Jesus' name. Just a plain old Wednesday night service where God spoke to my heart and got me. But somebody was praying in that service. And so let's just don't wait for uh, anniversary services and, and regeneration weekends and revivals to start getting together. Let's be together now so we can see the revival that we want to have. You know what? I like Wednesday night revival. I like Sunday morning revival. I like Monday night prayer meeting revivals. It was a Thursday night uh, prayer meeting where I was, filled, I was filled with the Holy Ghost. It wasn't but four people there. Me, my wife, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law. That was it. But we were together. We were praying earnestly and seeking God, and God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, that's the kind of unity that we need. And so in this day now, the provisions there, the Spirit had been poured out, baptizing thousands into one body. But will people receive it? Will they accept that unifying factor? They're now born again, and that brought them into something together. Or are they going to try to keep being their own person Inside the body. They were devout men from every nation. They had different looks. Different clothing. Different opinion. Different social ranking. Whatever you want to add in there. It was different. Some of these same people that were being baptized. Had earlier mocked what was going on. Saying these men are drunk on new wine. But now they believed. And now they were together. They were sharing. They were believing. They were fellowshipping. They were looking out for one another. All focused and in one accord, that means they were all in 
a unanimous state of mind. And they launched the church that would change the world forever. It wouldn't happen, though, unless they could stay together. It wasn't going to just be one of them going somewhere. It was going to be all of them going somewhere, working together, helping one another. They had to be unified. There was now a bond there that held them together. No matter what trial or test that would come their way, they were going to stand. That's the way the church has got to be. Whatever we face in this world, we ought to be able to count on one another. When you look to your left and right or turn around and look behind you, anybody you can see right now under the sound of my voice, you ought to be able to count on your brothers and sisters in Christ. And we ought to, as individuals, make sure we are the kind of people that can be depended on. I'll say that again. We, as individuals, need to make sure that we are the kind of people that can be depended on. Don't be the one always trying to suck the blood out of somebody. You ought to be helping somebody yourself sometime. Get to a place where you can be a helping hand to somebody. Unify somebody. And I want the church to understand this today. That we will never succeed without unity. We'll just be a sinking ship. We'll never reach our destination. We'll never see the souls come in that need to come in if we are not in this together. My son was talking about this in his message the other day. We are on the brink of seeing a great revival. But it will go unrealized if we fall apart. We must be together. There's a saying, a quote by a man named Steve Goodyear. He said this, none of us lives in isolation We're in it together. And some conflict along the way is inevitable. But our highest priority when all is said and done has to be commitment to each other, sticking together. We're going to face some things. We're going to go through some things. There's going to be some hard times. There were some hard sayings one time, and Jesus looked at his disciples because many people walked off and left him and said, from that point on, they followed him no more. But he said, hey, will you also go away? And they said, where would we go? We're not going anywhere. We're sticking with you to the end because we'll never realize what we need to realize if we don't stay with you. When you look around this room, you see individual people, different styles and tastes, likes, dislikes, personalities, goals that they have set for themselves in this life. But you should also see the body, our family in Christ, our team, our platoon, our core, our unit, our brother and our sister. You should see your prayer partners, your encouragers, your shoulder to lean on. We must be together. There will always be differences among us, but those differences should never divide us. Yeah. Differences of opinions on things in this world are going to happen. I think it ought to be this. I think it ought to be that. Difference of opinions. But it should never divide you when it comes to the kingdom. It should never divide you when it comes to the church. Let me tell you something. Again, focusing on what's coming up next week. If somebody, there's people sitting in this room right now, I guarantee you right now, everybody in this room ain't voting for the same person. But that person that's going to vote exact opposite of you 
might be praying with you next week in the altar. Is that going to be all right? Or maybe God's going to lay it on your heart to pray for that person. You know they didn't vote like you. Can you do that? Can you still pray for them if they didn't vote for your candidate? If you can't, you're in trouble. Because that stuff don't matter when it comes to the kingdom. It's about souls. Somebody needs to be praying for the ones that's getting voted for. And we will be doing that. Win or lose, we're going to pray for whoever goes in. That's what the Bible says to do. So there's always going to be differences, but don't ever let those become so big that it divides us, that it keeps you from being part of the body. The differences don't stop who we are, but if we're not careful, they can stop what we will be. We must be together. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, For by one spirit are we all, all, and that's including people outside this room, people that are not even here tonight. But he said, but by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. He said, I'm bringing everybody into one so they can be in one accord. They can be unanimous about what they see. That's why when he said, let me teach you how to pray, all of these people, all his disciples should be saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. As it is in heaven. We should all simply want his will to be done. We should want it to be in earth as it is in heaven. And guess what? There ain't no divisions in heaven. Yeah, there ain't no, ain't no separations in heaven. Ain't no conflict in heaven. Ain't nobody fussing and arguing in heaven. And that's the way. When you, you, we say, oh, I, we always say, well, I want it to be in earth like it is in heaven because I don't want no sickness and I don't want to cry. But you know what? I don't want no lying. I don't want no backbiting. I don't want nobody gossiping. That's what I don't want. I want people fussing and fighting and chewing up one another. That's part of the thing about heaven I like too is that we're going to all finally get to be somewhere where nobody's going to be fussing, where nobody's going to be griping and whining and carrying on. But it's going to be a time where everybody is going to be in one mind, one accord, worshiping the King of Kings forever. And I know... That this is earth and it ain't heaven yet. But why should we not strive for it to be? Why should we not do our best? If 120 people could set the world on fire, why can't our group turn this town upside down? Why can't our group say, you know what? We're not going to give in to the way this world acts. We're not going to act the way this world's carrying on. But we're going to be a church of people that love one another and love everybody else. So he said, we're all baptized into one body, whether we are Jew or Gentile, bond or free, and we have all or have been all made to drink into one spirit. He said, I don't care what you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your situation is. Once you come into this, when you come into Christ, you take on that identity. You lose your identity. You, you don't get to just stand out and be the lone ranger in church, in the body. Nobody, we don't compare ourselves to each other. We don't put ourselves, the Bible says not to think of ourselves more than we ought to think. We're not supposed to lift ourselves up and make ourselves of a reputation. Christ didn't do that. We're all workers together, all sharing the load, all trying to make it happen together. And you lose some of your identity. You lose who you are in Christ. And if you have it, you ain't got him. Yeah. 
I'll say that again. I said, if you haven't lost that, you ain't got him. You might know about him, but you ain't got him. And he ain't formed in you. Because when he gets formed in you, you'll be like him. He was the kind of man that could blend in with the crowd. He was the kind of man that could love anybody. He was the kind of man that could look at those crucifying and say, forgive them for they know not what they do. And if you can't do that yet, there's some praying left to be done. Paul was so adamant about uh, losing himself that he, he, he made a statement. He said, if people want to start talking about how bad they are in the flesh and what all they got, he said, I can boast about that. He said, even more. And he went to listing his credentials, how he, how he was circumcised and what tribe he came out of and how zealous he was about the traditions of his fathers. He said, but the things that were gained to me, I count loss so I can obtain Christ. He said, because none of that is going to get anybody to heaven. None of that's going to help me be a better preacher. None of that's going to help me when I go to be a missionary in another land. None of that's going to help me win my crown. He said, but what will is for me to put that aside and reach forth and reach after and pursue Christ and go after the high calling, the high calling of Christ. I want, I want the things that Jesus wants me to have. I want to be like Jesus wants me to be. And Jesus wants the church to be unified. He prayed. He said, I want them to be one even as we're one. I want them to be one. I don't want to be divided. I don't want to be separated. I want them together. We must be together. Even if we're all over the place. We're a lot of people, but we must be together. Paul said in Romans 12 and 5, So we... Being many are one body in Christ. Not two bodies. We being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. Like it or not, if you get baptized in this body, you're connected. And sometimes you might be connected with people that you might would have never ever talked to outside the church. But now you're connected to them. There's a lot of people, man. Even this world day, they won't even acknowledge family members. Mm -mm, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Ain't my family. I had a, years ago, back when I was in high school, there was this this guy, his, his brother and sister, who went to school, and his sister was kind of acting out. Somebody said, "Ain't that your sister?" He said, "We well, ain't no kin at all." <laughs> he just flat denied even knowing her. He said, mm -mm, "No," nope. he said, "She's some another, that's a different group. We're not kin at all." And, uh, and you know what? There's some people that will walk through that door that you would never associate with outside these four walls, but now they're inside. And now they're wanting to figure out, what can I do? What can I do? Come on, somebody. Let me tell you, church. We've got to be together. We've got to believe. We've got to believe the gospel. We've got to believe the word. We've got to believe everything that Christ said. And then we've got to be together. It's no good to have all that knowledge, all that potential, all the things that we can have. And, oh, look at what we could do if we're not together. Right. It'll never work unless we're together. Yeah, you right. can't do it by yourself. Right. I can't do it by myself. Right. You know, a man who says he's a shepherd, somebody going to say, oh, okay, where's your flock? Oh, I don't have one. Well, what you shepherd? I'm just I'm a shepherd, but a shepherd is supposed to watch. Thing. Yeah, I, 
you know, I like shepherd, but I just don't care for sheep. So I just, I'm going to be a shepherd. Well, you're not a shepherd. You've got to have sheep. Hey, guess what? Sheep got to have a shepherd. And sheep got to have each other. Because there ain't going to be more sheep unless there's already some sheep. So guess what? Sheep make sheep. Pastors look over sheep. Watch out for sheep. We got to be in this together. Because if there ain't nobody sitting here, I'm talking to myself. And if there ain't nobody up here, you ain't got nobody watching out for you. We need each other. We've got to be in this together. We are one. Tell somebody, we're one. Jesus prayed that we would be one. So let's be one. Let's be what Jesus wants us to be. Oh, I want to be what Jesus wants me to be. You know what he wants you to be? He wants you to be kind to your brother, kind to your sister. He wants you to be a help. He wants you to be a restorer. He wants you to be a, a, a lifter up. That's what he wants. Oh, he, oh, does he want me to be a missionary? He might, but he wants you to help your brother right here in front of you. Oh, does he want me to go to another country? He might, but why are you here? Practice here. Oh, I can't wait to get over there. I'm going to help somebody. You ain't help nobody here. You're going to get to another country and be rude, and they're going to kill you. you got to be together. Believe is great, but you've got to be together. We've got to be together. There's a very famous saying from the, the uh, literary, literary work, The Three Musketeers. How many knows what I'm about to say? All for one, one for all. But there's more to it. Because that is part of it. But it's all for one and one for all. United we stand. Divided we fall. In Matthew 12 and 25, Jesus said, Every kingdom or house divided against itself shall not stand. We need each other. You need to look at somebody right now and tell them, I'm for you. Look the other way and tell them, I'm for you. United we stand, divided we fall. I don't want us to fall. I want us to stand. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it says that a threefold cord is not easily broken. When we get together, when we stick together, nothing will be impossible. Look at this. It's, it's examples over and over in the scripture. In the book of Nehemiah, there was destruction uh, in Jerusalem, the, wa- the walls were torn down, the gates were burned, but Nehemiah and the people finished the work and built the wall because it said they had a mind to work. Yes. They got the hand of God on them and they didn't just stand around twiddling their thumbs, but they worked. Some of them kept a lookout to make sure the enemy wasn't coming in while some of them was working. Some of them would, uh, then they would swap off and do uh, different things so they could get it done together, but they all worked together. Yes. But Nehemiah had enemies in that day. They laughed at him. He said, man, if a fox were to run up on the wall, they'd knock it down. They, they mocked him. They said, what you've got's nothing. And the world does that to us today. Right. They don't think we are anything, but we're going to prove them wrong if we get together. Yeah. But if we can't get together, we're nothing but the wind blowing. If we can't get together, we're, we're empty. We're just a house full of empty promises. We're talking about what could be done and nothing's ever getting done. And I don't want to sit and be a part of a church that's just talking about what could be done. I want to see things getting done. Amen. That's good. I'll amen myself. That's good. 
Listen, don't fall prey to the enemy that's roaring around this world today. All he wants to do is destroy the unity of God's people. Painting people this way, painting people that way, trying to get God's people to choose so he can divide them. So when after they choose this one, choose that one, now they can't even come back together. Ought not to be. I've always told people, I said, vote. Go out and vote. But if you, if voting is going to cause you to hate somebody, don't vote. I would just assume nobody vote at all if it's going to cause division in the church. You say, well, that's crazy, Pastor. It might sound crazy. But let me tell you something. It don't matter one way or the other. We're going to vote or not vote. God's still going to be God. And he's still going to do what he's going to do. Now, I'm going to go vote. But if I thought, you know, if I, can't, I can't choose a candidate because it's going to make me be ill against my brother and sister, then I just won't choose a candidate, and I won't vote. I would rather not vote and fall out of the body of Christ. And you, you think that's silly? There will be people that will walk out of churches on uh, next Wednesday. Wait and see. There will be people that can't get past it. They're, my man didn't win. My woman didn't win. This one didn't win. That one didn't win. And they'll be fussing about it. And somebody's going to get mad, and that's why I just leave here. And they'll be gone. And that's sad because it should never even make it through the door. Yeah, right. It ought to yes. never make Amen. it through the door. Amen. Winston Churchill said this, When there is no enemy within, the enemies outside cannot hurt you. As long as we stick together, stay together, nothing that the enemy throws at us will matter. Troubles and trials can come, but we'll be able to resolve it because we're unanimous in our mind and we'll keep moving forward. We cannot be divided. First right. Corinthians 1 and 10, Paul said, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Yep. A house divided can't stand. And he said, I'm telling you right here and right now, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you. Well, naturally, we're not going to speak the same things about stuff in this world that we're opinionated about. But in these walls, you speak the same thing. Love, joy, peace, and the Holy Ghost. I will love my brothers and my sisters, and I will love my God. I'm going to worship with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to be with you. I don't want to see us fall. And I don't want to see us lose out and miss out. I want us to win. The scripture says that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation and the ability to restore, brother, if we're spiritual enough. These are untapped resources in the church today. And people are losing out because of it. It seems easier for people to just walk away and say someone else can do it. But I can't think of a single soul that I want to see lost. And if I can reconcile and restore somebody and help people, then we're going to cut our losses. We need to be winning all the souls we can, but we don't need to be losing some along the way. I've always said I want to win the world, but I don't want to lose a single saint. You say, well, that's, that's naive to think like that. It might be, but it's still the way I feel. I want to save every person that walks in this building. I want to see, save every person I see on the street, and we might, might not. But I don't want to be so busy trying to win the world that I lose the ones that I serve with every day. 
we need to make sure that we are together. Anybody else want that? Yes. Are we ready for that? Yes. You ready to put your hands to the plow? Yes. All hands in. Yes. See revival for your yes. life. Yes. See revival for your church. Yes. See revival for your family, yes. for your city, for yes. your school. Because yes. it won't happen unless you're unified. Right. In Mark 16, the Lord said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And so then after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. And this is what the church ought to be. And this is the things that they will do if we're ready, because we are unstoppable. Did he not say, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We are unstoppable with God on our side, and together we can change the world. There was another quote that I read by a man. His name is Ken Levine. And he said, what is a drop of rain compared to the storm? What is a thought compared to the mind? Our unity is full of wonder, which our tiny individualism cannot even conceive. What is a drop of rain compared to the storm? You know, Noah needed a flood to pick that ark up. One drop of rain wasn't going to get it. We're more than just one drop of rain. We're more than just one by ourselves. I believe in the power of one. I believe that one can influence many. By the obedience of one, many are made righteous. And so one can influence many. Just like Peter standing up among that group begins to preach. And now all of a sudden there's 3,120 people on their side. It started with one drop of rain then it became a storm. And we are more than just one drop. But we are a storm, a perfect storm of Holy Ghost and fire. We've watched this year how storms have ravaged and destroyed things. Storms change things. Haiti was demolished by a storm. The storm moves things. It washes things away. It went up the east coast and took out trees, took out beaches. It went into North Carolina and caused flooding and washed people's houses away and washed roads away. It changes things. And people live different when storms come. We have the ability to make a difference. We have an ability because we're the light of the world and the salt of the earth, we have the ability to make a difference in people's lives. Yes. Don't sell yourself short. God put that power in you for a reason. Yes. But we're going to do it together. Yes. We've got to do it together. Amen. Thomas Paine, back in the, in the co- colonial days, he wrote this little speech He said, it's not in numbers, but it is in unity that our great strength lies. When they were just those colonies there, the beginning of this country, and here comes Britain wanting to to squash that and, and stop that. He said, it's not in numbers, but in unity that our great strength lies. He said, yet our present numbers are sufficient to repel the force of all the world. 
The continent has at this time the largest body of armed and disciplined men of any power under heaven and has just arrived at that pitch of strength in which no single colony is able to support itself and the whole, when united, is able to do anything. Yes. Let me tell you, all of us have received power. But it's not in our individual selves, but it is in our unity that our great strength lies. Two are better than one. A threefold cord is not easily broken. We need somebody else. We need somebody in this with us. And we need to not be contentious with one another, but we need to love one another. The scripture said to let brotherly love continue. You know, our, our college group, it may not be the biggest in number, but that's not where your strength lies. Being unified as God wants you will make you stronger than ever before. The scripture says you can do all things through Christ. By ourselves we are weak, but together we can do anything. You know, it doesn't matter how great an athlete is. I think back to the days of uh, like Herschel Walker. Anybody living around here knows who Herschel Walker is. Get you in, in a mind frame you can understand. He seemed unstoppable. He would run over people, leap over people. He always seemed to find the end zone. But you ever notice he never went on the field by himself? That's all anybody focused on was him because he was fixing to get the ball. But somebody had to hand him the ball. And the great things he did often overshadowed the man who threw the block that got him down the sideline, the man who uh, pitched it to him and different things like that. There was always there was a team working together that made him as great as he was. Because by himself, no matter how strong he was or how fast he was, he's not finding the end zone by himself. He needed somebody. He can't hand the ball off to himself. He needed somebody. Together we're going to see miracles. Together we'll see people saved. Together we'll see victories. Together. Say that. Together. It's going to be together. We are workers together with Him. That's unity. We are workers together with Him. That is unity. A man by the name of Publius Cyrus. That's his name. He said, Where there is unity, there is always victory. When there's unity, there's always victory. And I know I've said it already. People say, Pastor, you got your head in the clouds but I simply believe that a book of Acts church should be more than just a bunch of people screaming Acts 2.38 sure we're going to preach that but we've got to preach unity right Father, in the same chapter that's, what the, that's where the theme changes people believe they obey and they unite believe and obey and unite
Everybody's running, but one's getting the prize. How should I be running? I should be running as one. Maybe that's a deep take from the one in the scripture, but I just looked at it and said, well, if one's getting the prize and he told me to run, how should I run? I should run as one.
church to do afterwards. Some of you might have been there when we did this before. I'm going to read a list of questions. And at the end of each question, I want you to answer. If this is your heart's desire, if this is, if this is serving this church and serving the Lord and being one in this church is your heart's desire, then I want you to answer. We, after every question, would you do that? Take somebody beside you, take them by the hand. his brother who's going to love his sister who's going to love the church who's going to see revival who's going to see miracle signs and wonders who's going to be victorious Thank you. 